This is Saturday, April 10th, and we're continuing our look today at Jude 24, trying to determine not only what it says that we looked at yesterday, but also what it means regarding our experiencing the continuing permanent blessings of the higher Christian life. This is a profound verse. We broke it down yesterday, almost word by word, and today we're going to try to look at just a section of it in the very beginning, the most powerful section, and see if we can figure out exactly what it means. I'm excited to share it with you today, so let's go ahead and get started. As I've shared in the past, the way we fully understand a particular passage of Scripture is to first determine what it says, have to know exactly what it says, and then we want to know what it means. We can't know what it means until we know what it says based on the language and the context and the time in which it was written. So yesterday we looked at Jude 24 to determine exactly what the passage says by examining the meaning of the words when they were originally written. We spent some time breaking down the Greek words, seeing exactly what the meaning was, and quite honestly, we discovered some eye-opening, encouraging truths regarding what God is able to do to help us in our deeper life of sanctification or holiness, that He is able to keep you from stumbling. That word keep, of course, means guard, like a parent watching lovingly over her children, or like a warden in a prison keeping watch over those people under his charge. Today, we're going to begin to see exactly what Jude 24 means and how we're to apply it to our lives. We're only going to introduce this. There's a whole lot more to it that we can cover in this time together, and so we'll pick some of this up next week. But I can promise you this is where it gets exciting. So let's go ahead and read our passage together, and then we're going to unpack today just the beginning phrase, now to him who is able. This is Jude 24 and 25. Now, to him who is able, we talked about this word yesterday, it means to have power and strength by virtue of one's own ability and resources. You don't have to reach outside of yourself to be able. It comes with your nature. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. We began this week by looking at the three truths that must be believed in order to experience the continued blessing of the higher Christian life. If you remember those vital truths, the first one is this, you must believe God is able. Literally, he possesses the power and the ability to keep you from falling or to falter in your life of holiness. You must settle this in your mind once and for all, that without God, nothing is impossible. And this is especially true of him being able to keep you from stumbling, as Jude 24 says. And yes, that even means you. The second truth was this. Two, you must remove from your mind all doubt and fear that for some reason he is not willing to keep you from stumbling. In other words, he may be willing for other people, but for some reason he has it out for you. Or maybe you've done something terribly deplorable that he's chosen not to fulfill his promise to you. But 
The truth is, of course, he's willing. I mean, that's what a good God does. And he will not command you, for example, to be holy, for I am holy, in 1 Peter 1.16, unless he gives you the means to obey his command. No good earthly father does that, and neither will our heavenly father. You must be convinced of that in your mind. That's number two. And number three, once you had the faith to believe those two, number three, you must learn to commit yourself in total dependence. That's how it's done, in total dependence to the Lord for safekeeping. In other words, it's his job to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. It's not yours. It's his job. And he is not only willing to bring you across the finish line, but as I shared with you earlier this week, he is also able to carry you across the line. He's willing to carry you across the line if necessary. So we need to trust him to finish what he began in us for his glory, no matter how we feel day in or day out, up or down at any particular moment. These are the three truths that you have to believe. And we're focusing on the first one right now. You must believe that God is able, that he possesses the power and ability to keep you from falling or faltering in your life of holiness. We already know the meaning of all the words in Jude 24. We looked at that yesterday. But the phrase, now to him who is able. I mean, what does that mean? And what does that mean for us today? All throughout the scripture, one of the key truths that are repeatedly revealed in both the Old and New Testament is that God is God. And as Isaiah 45, 5 says, and there is no other. It is just him. And there's no one like him. He is the ever-present one, the I am who I am from the burning bush in Exodus 3. And as God, there are certain attributes that belong to him that are only his that he has chosen not to share with created humanity. In other words, he has attributes we don't. He has characteristics and power that we don't, and that is by design. For example, some of the attributes that we see in Scripture, and I'm only going to list a few, is he is immutable. We see that in Malachi 3.6. He is unchanging. And you and I are sometimes very changing and very fickle. We see that in Psalm 102, verse 25 through 27. He is, and I love this one, omniscient. In other words, God knows all all things. That's exactly what 1 John 3, 20 says about him. He is omniscient and knows everything. He is also everlasting, and he is called in Scripture the only wise God. We see that in Jude, but we also see that in Romans 16, verse 26 and 27. These are just a few of the many attributes that God has that makes him God. And as wonderful as these attributes are, the most encouraging one for us today, especially when we're struggling with being able to, in our vernacular, maintain this higher Christian life, this life of holiness, this life of sanctification, is this. God is omnipotent. It means he is all-powerful. It means he possesses in himself, in his very nature. It's not something that he incorporates into himself, but it emanates from who he is all sovereign power. And he is, as theologians describe, quote, able to do all his holy will without exception whenever he chooses. 
My life verse is Psalm 115, verse 3, which speaks of this very omnipotent God. And it says, our God is in the heavens, and he does what he pleases. Implied, and who are you and I to tell him he can't? Let that sink in for a moment. The omnipotent, all-powerful, sovereign God, who is able to do all his holy will whenever he chooses without exception. And let it sink in thinking about whether our God is able to get you through your problems, to help you through your failures, especially when it comes to being able to live a sanctified life, whether it's you working so hard by the sweat of your brow to make you holy, or whether Christ became for you sanctification, like what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, where all you have to do is rest and abide and trust and live in him. That's from John 15. Our God is able because he's omnipotent. Our God is able because he does what he pleases. The verse I just quoted you from Psalm 115. And our God is able because, as Jeremiah says, there is nothing too hard for you. There's nothing you can't do. This is our God. And what we have to do, all of us, is believe that passionately, believe that is a core value of our being. Hold on to that truth more than anything. God knows my circumstances. He could change it in an instant because he is all powerful. To believe that he will, you first have to believe that he can. That is truth number one. Now listen, in dealing with living a life of holiness, which Hebrews 12 says, always pleases the Lord, and it's really the only way we can see the Lord. Often, at least in my own life, our biggest struggle is our inability to live consistently, no matter how hard we try, the life we long to live in Him, a life of sanctification, a life of holiness, a a life of bearing His fruit, a life that pleases Him. I want to do these things, but I seem stymied when I do these things. I seem unable to do these things. No matter how hard we try in the flesh, we quickly find out that the flesh cannot war against itself. The power to live righteously does not come from the flesh. It must come from somewhere else or from someone else. And this is exactly what Jesus taught us about the overcoming power of the Holy Spirit who now lives and abides in us. But God knew that he would give us the presence of the Holy Spirit, and he knew that we would struggle with turning our life over to him, and he knew in this life we would face discouragement, and he knew we would struggle with our failures, and he knew, to use the words of Paul, that we would cry out in desperation after trying and failing and trying and failing and failing and trying again, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Read that passage in Romans 7 and see Paul's anguish for not being able to live a sanctified life. God knew all that, but as a loving God, he gave us some promises that are secured by his character and by his attributes and not by our efforts. And these promises serve as a lighthouse in the swelling seas of doubt and failure and guilt that inevitably come to each one of us. So I'm going to end by giving you just three promises, 
And in each one of these promises, God is pictured as the one who is able. As a matter of fact, each of these promises begin exactly the same way. Now to him who is able. For our God is able to deal with and handle any struggle that we have by his unmatched, unrivaled, unequaled, inexhaustible power and ability he has as God. And we are in him. As I share these with you, be encouraged by what God is able to do in your life, no matter how much you have mucked it up in the past or maybe even right now. Remember, he is God and he is able. The first one, Romans 16, 25. Now to him who is able to establish you, and that means to set you firm and steadfast according to the gospel. And the verse goes on to say the preaching of Jesus Christ. God will not let you hang out to dry. He'll not leave you on your own without a support system, fending for yourself like a forgotten orphan. He came to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he also lives in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. So much so that you are now called a temple of God because the Spirit of God dwells in you. So be encouraged because he is able to establish you, to set you firm and steadfast by his truth. I find that incredibly encouraging, which brings us to the second promise. This is from Ephesians 3.20. It's one of my favorite verses. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, which is the Holy Spirit that works in us. God is able to do more than we can conjure up in our mind. He's more than our imaginations can conceive, more than our wildest dreams. No matter what we can think of, that's nothing compared to what he is able to do. Even things that are beyond our earthly frame of reference, he is able to do, and not only just able to do them, but exceedingly abundantly above what we even think he can do. This is the God we serve. Which brings us to number three. If God is that powerful and that magnanimous, then I should have no problem trusting him for my sanctification. Number three, Jude 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. He is able to do that, to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God is able, he's more than able to keep you in your life of holiness and help you experience a deeper abiding relationship with him and with the spirit. I mean, that's his job. That's his will for us. So we accept that, we trust him to accomplish it, and we simply rest in him. In closing, when you pray today, be sure to thank God for the promises he's made you and the assurance that his power will see you through. Remember, we don't run this race alone. We are to look unto Jesus, who has run the race before us. He has lived this life ahead of us, and we are to follow his lead and his example. After all, Hebrews 12, 2 says, he is the author and finisher 
of our faith. He's the beginning and the end. He instigates it and he closes it out. And we are complete in him. Rest in that today and thank him for that today. And we'll talk again on Monday. Have a great weekend.